When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Working Girls. This is our third episode with yeah. me and Ginger. Hi, I'm here. You are here. I'm here. I feel beautiful. You look beautiful. I feel like Mrs. Roper, actually. <laughs> if anybody is listening and they want to see what we actually look like, we're streaming this, I hope, uh, on our YouTube and on uh, social media. OnlyFans. OnlyFans, yeah. Yeah, whatever Craigslist. you Craigslist. No, not anymore. Not anymore? No, they ripped it down. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I think you could still do like massage on there. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. Can I get a massage on there? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Hey. Well, we are so excited <laughs> to welcome one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. She's my season seven sister, the winner of All Star Season Three, the one and only Trixie Mattel. Hello, whores. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Dad. How are you? I'm so good. I look forward to this all day. I've been looking forward to this all day too. You look beautiful. You look radiant, like you're glowing. Thank you. It's the ring light. I'm actually just a gray corpse. <laughs> you know, Perfect. it's so, I'm looking at you right now and you. Uh, all I see is like this porcelain white um, teeth right here, which I'm not, not that you have bad teeth before, but I'm just not used to, you know, cause I'm not even really used to mine yet. Are you, yeah. do you find it weird? Like that you've had uh, no, I mean, mine, I don't even think changed my voice. Uh, I didn't have like a speech problem afterward, which I was afraid I would. Um, yeah. My teeth didn't change my voice either. It was the cigarettes that did that. <laughs> I know if you go back and watch season seven, Ginger's like, hi. Like, you know, it's a very soft, very feminine now it's voice. <laughs> Hi, everybody. All I remember from your season was eggs, 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 eggs. That was the two of us. That was was us. The best day. Well, I say it was the best day, but we were covered in dozens and dozens of raw eggs under those hot ass lights for hours. Yeah. And like, I remember I was holding raw eggs and I was like, are you sure? And Ginger was like, just do it. Don't even just do it. it." it And I'm telling you, I cracked. Cracked a raw egg in her open eye. It wasn't even like a theatrical, like I crushed it before it hit her. It <laughs> smashed on her face. And, and then Ginger, they yell cut it. and Ginger's like, did we get it? Do we get it? And all, like, closed. Have you mean, ever she's had used, she's used to taking organic runny materials on the face. So. Yeah. Did you ever get egg in your eye, Gabriel? <laughs> it burns. <laughs> What have you been up to? What's that from? That's from Trick. Yeah, Trick. Uh, with Coco Peru, where she um, is oh, out, like, yes. Okay, okay. I have seen it, yes. Yeah. We've really- all seen it. It was a coming of age. Really. Yeah. Well, literally a coming of age. Coming in the That's eye of fierce, age. That's a fierce film. She really runs away with that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, she runs away with everything that she does. Which is funny because I've never seen her run. Well, she's got pins in her ankles. Have you guys seen uh, Girls Will Be Girls? Oh, one of my favorites. I love that movie too. That is some shit that like nobody, I will say like, you know, people who say they're a fan of drag, A, don't know who any of those people are and B, uh-huh. have never seen that movie. And I'm like, 
this is formative shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have, if you are gay or gay adjacent, you have to see Girls Will Be Girls. It's Farley Jean Merman, Jack Plotnick, and um, Coco. It, it's the fucking funniest movie ever. Every time I watch it, I find a new joke. It is, yeah. it is hilarious. And girl, when I first saw Varla Jean Merman out of drag, because I, I had Googled her after that movie. Um, and I'll bet she enjoyed and then it. It showed all of her like out of drag pictures. I was like, what the hell? This is Big like old daddy. a daddy, a Muscle ginger daddy. daddy. Another ginger. You know, like, I don't know what it is. Cross, like a CrossFit daddy. Like in Provincetown during the summers, you know, I would like bike around or whatever during the day and I would bike by her theater and behind her theater, she keeps her CrossFit Boy, racks and weights yeah. permanently set up. And she's behind the theater in the direct sunlight doing circuits for hours. I mean, yeah, it, it's much. a different meaning to circuit party, I guess. <laughs> totally. It's almost like if you're good to your body, it responds. I don't know. I don't. I'm not familiar it. with this concept. Yeah, this it's so thing. weird. <laughs> I don't work really out, that. Trixie. I run. You run. But yeah, but I don't do a too much like weightlifting. To be honest, like I'm training for a marathon, and you're supposed to be doing more weightlifting than I do, which is a lot. You know, not much. I just watched that movie, Britney Runs a Marathon. Yeah, like, I'm her. Pierce? No, no, no. It's it's about this girl named Britney. I thought it was like free Britney. No, no. she's gonna run now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Um, no, it's about this uh, overweight girl who drinks and parties too much and loves musical theater and decides to start training for a marathon to kind of get her life together. And it's like the whole journey through that. I'm literally sitting there eating my keto ice cream going, I feel you. I feel you so much. I love you. <laughs> I'm going to like, run like, too. I have struggles too. It's a hard process, but obviously the reason it's like emotional is because like, especially if you've never done it, I don't know. I didn't grow up athletic. I didn't grow up feeling comfortable playing sports. Straight guys still scare me. And so like to be doing a sport and be dedicated to it is like, oh, wow. How much of my life have I wasted being like afraid of sports or exercise? Cause I'm afraid of straight people. I was forced to do sports when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, because I I had those football players. You were the ball. You were the ball. Yeah. Well, I, I played football, started as a tight end, and I ended as a wide receiver. And my father hasn't talked to me since. Oh, God. <laughs> I was forced to play, like, t-ball. And then in middle school, my grandmother was like, made me play basketball. Because, of course, my sister was like the all-American she she like played cheerleading and basketball and volleyball and track and she was good at it all and she made straight A's and I was like none of that and my grandmother's like we're gonna put you in basketball and so I did one game of that and I was awful and I told her I said if you make me do this again I'm gonna sit in the middle of the court so she didn't make me do it again um you just wanted to do the halftime show I just wanted to go into the the locker room well oh my god that's a story yeah. for another day you guys really are from Florida <laughs> no she's no, from Alabama I'm from Alabama which is it, that better or worse special. what's trashier Florida or Alabama it's just Florida. different levels of trash. No, Florida, it's different levels. Florida is like trash. Um, Alabama is more like, you know, country incest. Yeah, today. Alabama's more country and Florida's more like- like The armpit of like the drugs. US. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meth. Like, I'm not going to say where, but I last time I was in Florida, I was on I was on tour and I went to a certain gay bar and I saw a girl performing, a drag queen in the show, completely barefoot. And I was like, we are in Florida. Yeah. yeah. My band yeah. was like, does she have shoes on? I was like, don't, it doesn't even. You don't need them. Don't look at it. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. Yeah, I yeah. mean, 
the way that if if you have grew up here, I can imagine like you're probably immune to everything. Like you know, barefoot, the things that people eat, the the you know people that you have sex with. I mean, I can say this because I've lived here long enough now. Um, you were probably immune to in anything and everything. Like no, we did have the highest numbers of COVID for a very long time, so we're not immune to everything. Well, yeah, that's that's just because COVID is new. You know, tell you, as somebody who's also from the country and my mom let me run around naked and barefoot and you know rub sap in it you're injured rub dirt in it i uh-huh. thought i couldn't get anything either and then i began my gay life and found out you can get a lot oh. <laughs> you get a lot in a hurry herpesyphilitis so my grandmother was like she was very much like that in the vein of oh I, if you have something wrong i have a cure for it uh-huh. and it's up in the pantry next to the pancake mix and it was always like one time I had gotten into uh, a bushel of peppers out in the garden and I rubbed my face because my cousin Jason told me to. What oh my God. Yeah, he's a Trump supporter. So, you know, I should have known from an early age. Anyway, my whole face is swollen and like purple. And my gr- swollen more than normal? More than normal. <laughs> I was not fat then, you bitch. <laughs> so That's how it began. Said, she said, Oh God, I'm undressing. Laid, oh, please don't. Watermelon sugar. No. Um, she laid me out on the couch and she's like, just be still. She went and got molasses and mixed it with like some crushed mint. And then she put it all over my face and I'll be damned if the swelling, like immediately the stinging stopped, the swelling went down. It's like, there was two things that my grandmother, it was a cure all for everything. Apple cider vinegar. And a shot of whiskey. No. But uh, might as well have been. Um, and then fucking Vicks Vapor Rub. Yeah. Like, literally, I hate that stuff still to this day because, like, it just is so gross. And she would make me put, she'd rub it all over my chest and make me put a shirt on top of it. Uh, yes, yes, that is the worst part. Uh, that yeah. is the, that, Could you imagine if, like, that. if you use Vicks Vapor Rub over, the like, the hot pepper burns? No. Uh-uh. I'm glad my grandma wasn't your mama or your grandma. Any, anybody who's out there who's a doctor, call in now. Is there any actual benefit to Vicks Vapor Rub or is it a lie? Yeah. <laughs> it really could just be, like, our moms did it, so we think it works. I mean. It's minty. A placebo. I don't it's know. Like, it's like how people say, don't go on the cold or you'll get a cold. That doesn't make any sense. Like my grandma being like, put a coat on, you're going to catch a cold. That is not how bacteria and like viruses work. <laughs> well, apparently, cold, so they jump on you. Like what? No. Apparently, um, like, you know, that myth of like, you're not supposed to eat 30 minutes after you. Before you I go mean, into sweat, the sweat. pool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's a myth. And my whole entire life, I thought that that was real. Well, it's yeah. not necessarily a myth. Like you can get cramps if you eat too much and then you exert yourself. It's not just about being in the pool. It's like you don't eat a big meal and then immediately go, go run. Or uh, well, no, you might want to do it immediately after <laughs> you eat so you don't have time to set in. But it's yeah, you just, also, uh, like muscle cramps. You can't believe any of that stuff. It's all lies. They also say third time's a charm. And how many noses are we on, Trinity? Um, 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. I meant your nose. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> I gotta say, I love you in blonde ginger and I love you in black hair, Trinity. Thank you. Well, I wore this just for you. You You did? I feel like you're both red hair girls a lot of the time. Yeah. I I mean, typically I wear red, but I've been experimenting in the world of the blonde lately and I actually really like it. 
Yeah, so um, for you people out there that are just listening, um, Ginger has on a blonde wig and I have on a black wig. That's why Trixie. And I'm wearing a caftan in honor of Trixie Mattel. It looks like (laughs) a backdrop. (laughs) I was going to be the backdrop for the- Oh my God, shut. Your arm's already been long enough to be the backdrop, bitch. No. (laughs) It'd have to be be an Instagram TV video. People don't understand. Like, yes, a lot of people go, oh, Ginger's short. She's short. Yes, but I'm also strangely proportioned because my arms are two to three inches shorter than the typical arms my legs are really short and I have a long torso so it's really difficult to like try to find clothes and stuff that fit me my whole life because nothing was ever long enough or short enough in the right areas it's almost like a Tyrannosaurus Rex a little bit a little bit it is (laughs) I can can, that's why I don't have a shaved back wow like the dry thing where like the torso is never the length you want like even Trinity like even being a little bit pumped it's not like it magically makes your torso shorter no nothing fits no i'm still a dude with pumped hips and you still have to get things made like that's i would say like that's the biggest nicest thing that i think i take for granted is like i think back of how hard it was you either had to make something or like find some random drag that magically worked with something like even pulling together an outfit was so hard it's so a blessing to have like things made for you now Mm -hmm. oh that's new for you right because normally like forever 21 is your thing say it you fucking bitch (laughs) (laughs) no i've been using the same girl amy sarazon from san francisco she's been making my costumes for probably two years and so she does all my costumes all the time so it's great because the more we work together the more even more like zeroed in like exact shoulder exact you know yeah like you don't even have to get fitted anymore she just knows your size and just makes yeah, it I like simple shit I mean I don't I like my clothes to, listen I know I look like a fucking idiot I like my clothes to look like pretty normal like 60s girl clothes like real clothes uh-huh. but that's hard to find because those clothes don't fit in real life yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm having a costume where I basically make custom versions of very basic clothing I'm like you're basically like a Barbie like literally yeah. like, like a Barbie like, can you make me a plain pink mini skirt thank you but i mean that's it's absolutely true because before we had the opportunities that we've had and the resources that we do it was all about trying to go to the thrift stores and find something that you could make fit Mm -hmm. because it was definitely beauty on a budget hot glue hot glue and you know i i came from the theater world so i knew how to slap a costume together, but I was never good at sewing, as anybody who watched season seven will. I do remember will that. agree. <laughs> I'm not a great sewer, and it just, I was criticized a lot, and I'm still criticized a lot for my sense of fashion, but it's like when I was coming up in drag, I really had a difficult time trying to find anything that I could fit and piece together. So yeah. you're absolutely right. It is a blessing. You got to do what I do, girl. <laughs> I just dress so different that people are like, I that's her you can't even hate it because you're just like I mean that's the way she looks yeah well I mean (laughs) that's her her face you have a signature look which is which is uh apparently really great for drag race I like everybody (laughs) apparently well no like seriously everybody wants (laughs) like the fans want you to like have a signature hairstyle or hair color I don't like to do that for myself I like to be all different kinds of things but what I have found is people that resonates with people when you do have a signature well, they like it. Yeah. yeah, and it's because the people who uh, appreciate that aspect of your personality, they're the people that connect with it. It's the people that see a little bit of themselves in you because of that trait. So they want to see that representation repeated. No wonder. Yeah, like Ginger's know. brand is being four foot two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I will I'm say, I don't think one. people realize, like, 
people always say to me like, oh, you're so big in real life. I really don't think people know how short you are, Ginger. You really are what, five? I'm five three. I'm five, five three. three. Mm-hmm. That's for a man, extremely short. Wow. Yeah. Well, even for uh, a beautiful plus size gal like myself, it is still short. I'm a, I love to watch the old pictures from crowning at like Miss Continental Plus when I was doing the pageants and stuff, because it was always these giant glamazons with teeny tiny little meat. It was like this the, the forest of sequoias with <laughs> one little bonsai tree right in the middle, just holding my hand up. Praying. A barrel cactus. A barrel cactus. Speaking <laughs> of pageant. Trixie, you, I know you've done um, at least uh, uh, Minnesota Entertainer of the Year, right? I did Wisconsin. I did Wisconsin, Wisconsin, that's right. Uh, everybody but, thinks Minnesota and, Minneapolis and Milwaukee, everybody thinks Wisconsin and Minnesota are the same place. I don't know why. It, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not. It's I think it's because money. Milwaukee sounds like Minnesota to people. Maybe that's what it is. But yeah. so have you done other pageants besides that? No, I did. So like I was, you know, 21 trying to work in the clubs. And of course, like any 21 year old drag queen, I was like, nobody's hired. Well, not nobody's hired me. Looking back, I just wasn't booked every night. And I was like, nah, you know, <laughs> you're such a bitch when you're like 21 and you want everything to fall into your lap and you don't understand yeah. why every gig, is, you don't understand why you're not the show director at every bar immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't understand why everyone's not, these older drag queens aren't pouring over your incredible beauty. You're like, oh, we're such an asshole. Um, but so then I, I did this pageant and I, everybody was like, well, if you do entertainer of the year coming up, why don't you do that? And if you win, people will be more like, oh, wow, I guess she's serious about this. So I did the, the state title or whatever for entertainer of the year. And I accidentally won because there's only three competitors, including me. And then they were like, great, you're going to nationals. And I was like, no. And then they, um, I gave it to the second runner up because I, ju- I just didn't like it very much. Pageants, you didn't like pageants. I only did the one I loved going like when i would go to miss uh with miss gay wisconsin and stuff i mean it's the best drag show you'll see all year yeah yeah well because that's when the girl, girls pull it out yeah because it's the prelim so these girls are like i have to turn it on a local level in order to turn it at the national level yeah so mm-hmm. i loved going to the pageants it just wasn't for me i don't know i didn't get any like thrill out of it well i remember before drag race really kind of took off. well before drag race was a thing and then before it really took off pageants were really the only way to become a celebrity yeah. in the drag world yeah yeah it, it was it was either your your varla jean merman and your your jackie b RuPaul. And, and rupaul and lady bunny or all these people who have been you know working at this for years and years and years and made a name for themselves or you could really pull all your resources and go win a national pageant and travel the country yeah and so that's where I got my footing. And believe me, I went to Miss Gay America and they flat out told me, you're far too pretty for this pageant. We want, we don't want somebody as soft as you. We don't want somebody who- They who told looks you like that? They told me that in <laughs> critiques. <laughs> yeah, girl, I know. But then I went to Miss Continental Plus and they were also, telling no me- no offense, Ginger, you wear a lot of makeup. So I, don't know, <laughs> I why do. Did, why did they think that you're not drag queenie enough? I don't know, but th- then I was went it the Sharpie to plus. No, it wasn't the Sharpie. I picked that up when I was at Miss US of A. <laughs> but when I went to Miss Continental Plus, they, on the other hand, told me that I would never be pretty enough. That my I'm I'm really because too Continental masculine. Plus, Continental Plus, they're not necessarily known for their beauties. Like it's more Ooh. about talent. 
Well, yes, and I've done very well at Continental Plus. I mean, yeah. I've been in the top three six times. <laughs> but they would always tell me, you know, you just need, you need to be softer. You need to be, so basically the complete opposite of what they told me at Miss Gay America. Yeah. So it was really kind of hard to find my place in the pageant world as well. And I think that's why I had kind of identity issues with who Ginger Minge was, even going into season seven. And I only auditioned for season seven of Drag Race because it was my sixth time at Miss Continental Plus. And I just knew that I had done enough to win. And they Thank gave you, me, they gave me bullshit reasons why yeah. and I was like fine if you don't see it in me I'm just gonna go try something else yeah and I ask you girls something that's always bothered me about pageants too is what really mm -hmm. turned me off early on was the phrase like it's her year or like she's gooped the idea that the winners of these pageants are sort of in place before the pageant begins really made me as a young drag queen be like I'm not fucking doing that you don't think that's how it is with uh with drag race no you don't at all? No, not at all. I mean, I, I feel like they kind of know, no, maybe not necessarily who is going to explain Sasha there, Ballor, then. I think that they kind of knew that she would make it to the end. No, I mean, she didn't, didn't win. She barely won the whole time. And then she scooped it at the very end. I mean, I mean, I know, like I knew going into all stars, I knew on my season of all stars, at least I knew that I was going to be like, okay, I have to do a great job because I really have a potential to win. Mm -hmm. I also knew that if people sent me home, fans would be mad at them, so they'd be scared to eliminate me. Absolutely. However, I also know since people see me as a threat, they might send me home immediately. Yeah. yeah. And I had huge shoes to fill because if you haven't been on TV in five years and you haven't done anything, yeah. people are like, I'm just happy to see you again. When I went on TV again, everyone was like, well, let's see if she's as great as she thinks she is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. I, I was one challenge, one challenge behind Shangela and everyone acts like I didn't fucking keep up with it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't keep up at all. Right. Like, give me a break. I was in the bottom once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and just, but I've always felt like if you're going to fail, fail spectacularly. And that was your snatch game. Like it's, that's the other thing I failed snatch game, which uh, let me tell you, you could win three challenges, but if you fail snatch game, that's what people remember. But they also talk about it still. So it's not really a bad thing. Like yeah, I mean, I fucking you have one bad like, moment and they still I talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible, but also having a horrible snatch game. I mean, once you, especially since I got that crown, that was like, great, who cares about the horrible snatch game? But I guess in the real pageant world, when they say like, it's her year and stuff, I was like, well, that seems problematic. Imagine competing and being like, well, I'm too young. The idea that you have to do the pageant several times to win mm -hmm. it felt wrong to Not me. all pageants are like that. I, I feel like Continental is very that, where they want you to pay your dues. They I are. feel like the most one that is Miss Gay America. Miss Gay America is you have to pay your dues. You will never win on your first try. That's the um, thing, like you should be able to be 21 and just smoke all You can, the you can. You can do that at, at EOI. You can do that at Entertainer of the Year. You could do that. There's been several winners go in and nobody really know who they are or that's their first time ever at that system and then they go in and win. Um, Angelique Ali, she was a resident of South Florida, went in and literally sang live for talent, had this amazing um, gown uh, and literally just won and nobody even had ever heard of her before. And um, there's there's several there's several that are that have went in and did that. But you're right, there are a lot of pageants that 
they're kind of like well and i think it's because you know pageants are a business and they were big business for a very long time and they didn't want somebody that they didn't trust kind of keeping the business going you need somebody that's, that a, good, that's a really good point them. that's that's a really good point it is like applying for a job i guess in a way yeah i mean you ladies too i mean you're both pageant people you're both i wish i had done pageants before doing drag race because the 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 trinities the gingers the kennedys of the world they walk into that competition like they're used to the feeling they're used to the pressure they're used to having to size up people in the room it really makes you a much better competitor i wish i had done it I don't know. I think that that it's a double-edged sword because I think that was really kind of my downfall on season seven was the fact that I, I knew how to bluff the confidence, but I didn't know how to lean into my insecurities. So I don't think you had a, I don't think you had a downfall. You almost won. (laughs) No, but me personally, like watching it back, I, I know how people assume I felt during certain situations when in reality, I felt completely the opposite. So I wish that I would have had the, the ability at that point in my life to admit defeat, admit my flaws and kind of lean into them and learn from them. Oh, you were incredible. I think the thing really were pageants. I, I went in really confident are you talking about Drag Race? Yes, the, for yeah. season nine. I went in the first day. Hold on. Gotta turn our beauty light on. I went in the first day, really confident, and then immediately realized, like, everything that I had learned from pageants, I literally had to just throw it away. because Really? It, yeah, because it the, the way that they, the challenges are, they, it, pageants don't really help you with that it's it's all quick on your feet pageants is about discipline and planning drag race you can't plan shit so you literally have to throw it all away the only saving grace for pageants is like your runway where you look polished and um your look uh but other than that like planning for these challenges that doesn't help you so you like, don't think like you do you got do you ladies think the competition experience at least helped in the competition vibe when you it helped me goal? lose. I mean, I had lost, I had been so used to coming in second or third year after year. So when they announced Violet as the winner, it was like, okay, cool. Like it's not as crushing, I think. Yeah. If you're not used to experiencing that and having your feelings. Um, hurt or being let down a little bit like right it really did prepare me for the loss which I think which honestly don't compete if you're not comfortable with losing Mm -hmm. that's you know especially in drag race it's like fucking one of us 13 of us are going home disappointed it really could be you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not because you're bad no and I've seen both sides of that like I almost won on season seven and then I did really poorly on all stars too and it it you're absolutely right. You have to go in with the right mindset of there is one winner and all you can do is your best. That's all you can control is yourself. Trick yeah, thing, would like, you ever go back and compete on anything with Drag Race related? No, I wouldn't. Um, I just, I'm not huge on, I don't really like competition, you guys. I mean, I really wanted to do All-Stars because when I watched Katya do it, I was kind of jealous. And I also just did so poorly on my season that I feel like I had nothing to lose, like at all. I never but want to challenge. I so really I like, feel like you did poorly. And that's another thing is like, 
a lot of the fans have said, oh, Trixie had the biggest redemption ever because she was terrible on season seven and then slayed All-Stars 3. I never thought that you did poorly. I always thought the things that you did, especially since I got to work one-on-one with you two weeks in a row, like I saw how good you were in the competition. Oh, well, and I hated that, that. I hated that that didn't thank translate. You. Well, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but when I lost All-Star, or when I, when I lost the season seven, I just went home feeling like um, I'd never really lost something like that before because I never really competed and I felt horrible and it really- uh, Did it you think you were gonna about, win? I didn't think I was gonna win, but because I'm not a competitor, I hadn't really prepared for the fact that I wasn't gonna win. Yeah. I was only thinking of, I'm gonna try to win. Yeah. And it was a real blow to my confidence. Obviously I had a great fan reaction and it was wonderful and I got all the opportunities, but it really made me feel like, wow, I'm a shitty lip sync or I'm a shitty, like my, my makeup or whatever. And when I did all-stars, it kind of like erased all that. Like once I won all-stars, it made my, my personal drag race story end on a high note. And that's why I don't really want to do it again. I mean, I'm not even that great of a competitor. I'm going to be honest, even if there was like an all winners, I swear to God, I'd be the first out that door. Because some people are so much, like people like Bob are even better in competition. Yeah, I'm not better in competition. I seem yeah. to be really good at drag in the real world, like marketing and building my building Trixie. But in Drag Race World, I I feel like it's really hard for me to, to do well. Yeah, I understand that. I think I'm like, on I All Stars, I thought it. I slayed. My love, my runways. I wouldn't change a thing except that RuPaul that snatch game, but. I also just felt so proud of what I did. I'd rather that be like the last thing I do, except for like Celebrity Drag Race. Yeah. I love that. My, my I loved thing is, doing the Christmas special. I don't think I would want to do the Christmas special. I oh, would. it was so fun, you guys. We had the most fun. Everyone. I would. I wish that I could have done that. It was a blast. And then, you know, until until the till Jasmine left. In the middle, <laughs> you know. What's the tea on that? If no one knows, I mean, it was just, uh, everybody is different levels of, um ready and is or is not apologizing about let's just stop being diplomatic about it shangela was running super late and jasmine was mad oh and wow that's what happened oh wow and and jasmine, so jasmine just left? jasmine's like i'm fucking 45 i'm a veteran in this industry i'm not gonna sit here in a wig for another 40 minutes waiting for this girl to get her dress on so jasmine got in her in her wig got in her car and drove off set and it was fierce so it was shangela's fault <laughs> Well, Shangela just, you know, she isn't the queen of being on time. And I guess we, I, I can handle it. Jasmine, was she on time during All Stars? Uh, yeah. I mean, she was probably last to the runway, but yeah. I mean, she's a well, it's like, queen. Well, I feel like Drag Race is a lot like um, pageant, like Miss Continental in the sense that if you're not there, we're skipping you. We're on, yeah. we're on a, a schedule. I don't think so. I feel like that it depends on who you are they will wait for you season nine and i and i love this girl to death and she's she's probably different now i don't know i'm I made that up um <laughs> but um valentina was last every single time and they waited for her they waited for her girl I mean, they can't one day, go on without you well there's one day that she was like girl she had on literally nothing it was like a like a little bitty skimpy ass costume but they were having to rub her legs with this uh tanner and put on like they even had to glue on her nails for her they had glued her hand to the table well so like we're waiting on her to get pry her hand off the table like it like they're, well, i'm not saying they're gonna leave you but like the longer you take the more somebody like jasmine has to sit in a chair and wait now yeah. that yeah I could jasmine's take... just not that pressed about like no 
-hmm. If the commitment becomes unfun for her and she feels like it's, it's, it's unprofessional, she leaves and she left. It was crazy. I'll never forget her driving off the lot and PA is like, stop, please stop. And we're all in like Christmas gear, and me and Kim are like, "Did that just happen?" Hey, she's left in full drag Christmas. with her suitcase as the Grinch just out the door in her yeah. car. <laughs> but I love Jasmine. I love Shangela. So them fighting, I was like, "Mom, Dad, stop!" I, it seems like whenever there's a legendary drag blow up, it's never involving me, but I'm always in the room when it happens, and I'm always like, "Ah, ah!" It's always just like when um. The iconic Mimi I'm first uh, Alyssa blowout on that tour was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm sure that they, you know, drag queens get mad and get over it in five seconds. But me watching. That's drag what a lot play, of the fans course. don't understand is the things that happen on the show. Yeah, we are in our feelings and we're tired and we're being overworked and all that kind of shit. So we pop off and we say what we need to say. But as soon as we get in that van with dark tinted windows and drive back <laughs> to an undisclosed location which is usually a Marriott somewhere, then we talk it out and we work through our feelings and things are fine. Yeah, and even on tours, like there's some people who don't get along and it doesn't mean they hate each other. It just means they're probably not going to choose the same dressing rooms. Me and Alyssa got into it one time. I never really talked about yeah. it. We, um, she body slammed me one day at a, um, at a show with me and Murray and Peter. <laughs> Yeah, she did. She seriously did. I believe it. Yeah, we, we were, we were, um, we were just playing backstage, you know, being shady. You know how I am. I'm a shit talker, but like, I don't mean anything by it. Drag queens do that. And I guess, girl, I had struck a nerve. I didn't even realize. I thought we were just playing still. And then all of a sudden, bitch, I'm just like picked up and it's, it's WWE or F or G or whatever they call it. And girl, drag queen down, bitch. I was down oh on the God. floor. But, you know, we got over it. She's very, I mean, one time I, when I told that Mimi story, I told it on Hey Queen. Uh I just told it as a story. Yeah. And uh, it was crazy. And then uh, I think I, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she called me the next day and Alyssa goes, hey, I heard that you said this and I just want to make sure there's no beef. So let's just hash it out. Say what you want about people. Alyssa's the only whore who will call you to hash it out. Every other drag queen would talk about it behind your back. So like. Alyssa will just be mad and let it go too. She just wants to talk about it, and move on. She's very- well, Alyssa. If you hear this, it, there's no beef. I just, I just thought it Alyssa, was Alyssa. We want another body slam, but this time we want it on camera. Thank you. <laughs> Where's the beef? You know, if we, if I could get paid, I'd let her body slam me. That bitch is strong, bitch. She yeah. had biceps. And she got them dancer legs. <laughs> I mean, I'm very patient. So, like, when the Alyssas or the Shangelas of the world are running late, I, I, I'm fine. I'll play on my phone for three hours. I don't care. Well, remember on season seven, like there was a very small group of us, a little handful that would always get done quickly when we were getting ready. And we would go outside and literally just sit there and smoke and talk and do all that kind of shit while other people were just sitting in there, like literally going over every line. Everybody has their own method when it comes to getting into drag and their own regime but there was a handful of us that were like no fuck this i got my eyelashes on i'm going outside and then trixie would come outside and be like let me hold one of your cigarettes i was like you don't smoke and i'm just gonna hold it so they would let you couldn't stay outside outside if you didn't have a cigarette oh my god that's a good like trick i had a trixie mattel cigarette that she had the entire season i would just hand it to her and she'd pretend smoking because i like smoke it would be me and kennedy who, you know, we get along, but we're not best friends. It'd be us staring at each other while everyone smokes. 
That's hilarious. <laughs> and Kennedy so, will just take a nap. She'll just lay down wherever she is. Uh-huh. Trixie, tell us something that you've never told anybody. Just air it out. Uh, there's got to be something. There's a secret in there somewhere. Oh, my God. It could be about Trixie. It could be about you, out of drag, your life, trade. Oh, my God. What's my secret? There is a secret. I know that there is a secret. It's a lot of boring secrets. Like, the things I don't tell people are, like, basic, really basic shit. Like, do you pick your nose? Oh, everywhere, all the time. Well, I feel like all drag queens have to. Maybe not you, because you have, like, the bionic nose over yeah, here. Yeah, no. I do that drag queen nose pick where I'm like... My, yeah. I, my, my, no, my nose holes are too tight. I can't fit my finger in anymore. Do you get the Q-tips and swirl them out? No, I just, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Well, girl, I, I think Another every... Surgery to remove something else, okay? Every drag queen out there gets, like, the crusty, powdery boogers, because all we're doing all day is powdering more and more and more around our face, around our mouth, and all that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, see that or, like, you know, that are... Oh, my God. Nipping I'll, I'll say this. Um... I used to have a lot of nightmares about Drag Race from when I got cast on it all the way through after I did it the first time, I would have nightmares whole time. I would just always have nightmares about it. It was so stressful to me. Yeah. For years, had nightmares all the time about it. Like once a week, at least a full nightmare about it. Like I'm not ready or I'm lip syncing or something, you know, whatever. And then when I won, I never had a nightmare again. It, it, it is mental torture. And that's probably why I'd never do it again because like having no anxiety about drag race anymore is so worth it. You know, that I, I had the same experience with EOI when I, when I was competing for entertainer of the year, it, it took me six tries over 10 years to win. And literally for that 10 years, every single day and night dreaming, I, it, it's all I thought about. And in, in like like you with that in my dreams, I would constantly have nightmares about like not winning or 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 have dreams of um, of what my talent would be like, and I could not not dream about it. And as soon as I won, it all stopped. Well, yeah. I haven't won anything, so, so the nightmares <laughs> my nightmares continue. continue. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have any. Uh... Secrets really, I mean, honestly, we're in going to season six of on, I have said it all. Yeah. I mean, we like we've done every topic and for some, something about that set with her, there's only one camera person and I just have no qualms saying anything. And I just black out and say it all. And then I'll be home watching it later and I'll be like, oh my God, I just told everybody that. Oh, I <laughs> Wow, I really just said I've had crabs three times. Wow, I really just said, uh, you know, like we just had an episode about, well, there's an episode in the next season about jerking off. And I'm like, I went home being like, oh my God, I did not need to tell everybody that. But I think that's why I have no secrets because I just like puke. But I also think that's good. I think it's good if you can be open and authentic. Like a lot of these girls, the audition year after year, they're like, uh, will you watch my tape? Or will you give me critiques? Or will you tell me what they're looking for? I'm like, they're looking for authenticity in the people who audition. Like they want you to be willing to come on there and talk about picking your nose and having crabs and- And what masturbation. It's, and it what it's really like. Matter. Like they give you that list of stuff to do. I would say when I auditioned, I did half of it. Yeah. And then my friend who worked in casting said, don't worry about the requirements. Uh, treat it like your own reality TV pilot. So just do whatever you want. And then they really just want to see personality. Yeah. 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 I didn't do any of the shit they asked for. And RuPaul said it was the funniest audition he's ever seen. 
Because I just did whatever I wanted. I didn't. Well, that's what she said about James Charles and or not James Charles. Um, James Mansfield, Mansfield. too. Oh, I Who love James Mansfield. I do too. I think James Mansfield is one of the most self-sufficient queens. Bitch, have you seen what she does to a Party City wig? Yeah, oh, yeah to yeah, those yeah. RuPaul Party City wigs. If you guys go to my YouTube channel, which we have, you know, new videos every week. If you go to my subscribers or who I subscribe to, it's like 10 accounts. Nine of them, I think, are video games. And the, the last one is James Mansfield. I watch every video. That bitch will buy a $5 used wig from a Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And she'll turn it. Yeah. We have a, um, I can't say too much, but she collaborated with me on a project coming up and she did the hair and they're fucking amazing. And like, I remember being in beauty school and teaching James how to back comb. So like yeah. the fact that she can do what she does now is nuts she's one of my favorite drag queens i, 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 I love J- uh, james too um i but i remember during our season season nine ruth said that about james that that was one of the best auditions she ever saw and i was so confused i'm like why did she go home but it's because she was just so nervous yeah. I, just, I, I hope they I've give never her done TV before she'd never done tv before i mean i i won and i still don't think i'm a great competitor yeah. That environment, plus the first time in front of TV cameras, like, I was talking to Priyanka about this. She was a legitimately a TV personality for years. Yeah, she yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, do you think that helped you? She's like, I couldn't imagine doing Drag Race and never have seen a video camera before. Yeah. Like, yeah. I used to have a lot more camera shyness, even up to, like, COVID. But doing my YouTube channel and being in front of cameras by myself all day, gone. Yeah. I don't notice cameras at all anymore. Yeah. It's not a it gun. Just- it, it, I'm going to shoot you and they pointed at you. It's like, it's just a fucking calculator with a glass ball on it. Like, it's not that serious, but yeah. now yeah. it feels so scary. Like the cameras are rolling. What if I do something? It's not that deep. No. And I think that that's a very important lesson for people to hear and to understand and to take to heart is that as long as you're just being authentically you and you're being sincere, don't fucking worry about what's going on around you. Yeah. Like, just go and do it. And you're going to fail or you're going to succeed or fall somewhere in the middle. It doesn't matter because you're being true to yourself. What is your, I have a question about like what you think of, like aside from any experience that you had on Drag Race, what is your all-time favorite uh, RuPaul's Drag Race moment? Oh, uh, like like, that I'm not in. Yeah. There's a few. Um, well, there's one coming up because I'm ahead of you guys on the pit stop. So there's one coming up. Of uh, this season? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Because you guys know me. I like to. Wa- I like watching someone bomb. That's the funniest <laughs> thing to me. I remember watching your season, Trinity. I remember watching Farrah do the roast and crying. Um, I mean, mine was awful too, but I can't really complain. Crying. I mean, you and I have roasted together. I wouldn't say it's your greatest gift. It's not. It <laughs> it's not. not. That's okay. Yeah. But Farrah roasting was the That's best awful. thing I've ever seen. Oh, it was awful. Um, It was so fucking funny. I just love when people are so like on their own planet. Like on, like on All Stars, when we all do those soup cans, and everyone's like, mine's, mine's best at everything soup. And mine's this soup. BB's was like a real recipe for real food. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Like, I love whenever people don't understand the assignment on television. Like, that is what I live for. So as as- you're telling us some tea. Hold on, wait. You're telling us some tea. So there is an episode coming up that something crazy like that happens, where it's just yes. so, so bad that it's good. I won't tease too much, but we'll say that uh, sometimes people just are really have 
they really confidently believe they are doing something good and it is so bad. <laughs> well, like so bad. Last year, uh, All-Stars 5, when, when Blair St. Clair was doing the stand-up with that notepad, Yes. And the editing just focused in on the. Oh my gosh. I'm that's, that's one thing that I, I fear is doing stand. I'm not like, I'm funny when I'm just bantering. I'm not funny when it's planned. I'm just not, it's just not what it, I don't, I don't do jokes. We just, know. <laughs> <laughs> and then if we're talking like real gag worthy shit, I mean, Rijiroi was a gag. Yeah. Yeah. Kitty girl was a gag. We really did that once. Um, what else is amazing? I mean, there's so many things that were like just incredible. There's so many iconic moments. Like I think of Courtney and those wings when I saw that on TV. Oh, like, yeah. what? Oh, oh. Or like anytime someone's naked, I love it. Like Valentina when she was naked for the Madonna runway. Yeah. I felt bad because that whole episode, her storyline was that she doesn't eat, but then she was naked and I was like, quit! I was like, oh wait, I shouldn't be clapping because she's really skinny. Like, I didn't uh, really know how a viewer we were supposed to feel about that. I didn't even notice that, so you just said that. But she looked so incredible. Um, and then I love, I mean, that's pretty much, you guys, Farrah's roast. It just cracks my shit up. It, it, I think she says like, RuPaul, why is the judging panel, like, why is the judging panel for talented people, but you're not talented? And then she's like, ah. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like, it, it, that. I love when the drag race is, a Lee Dawson edit on its own. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Oh, that was one of those moments. That was one yeah. of those moments where I was like, "Is this real? Is this but real?" Again, like, it's like if you're gonna fail, fail spectacularly. Yes. Yeah. Snatch game can go in that direction. I mean, when I on this season, the snatch game, the the Bob Ross, I was like, "Oh my god!" It's, it was. I love bad. when they're bad. It was bad. And the thing is that could have been so good. That's such a like if she even would have just done something completely different. That wasn't necessarily him, but I mean, she did that, which was, it just was the wrong, wrong. I was just waiting for some happy little treat. When I think of that season Snatch Game, I'm going to think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. I also felt weird about like, I don't want to wear an Afro, so I'm going to wear animals on my head to suggest that animals on your head is the same as textured hair. I was like, that's worse. Which I mean, I understand both sides of that argument, but Bob Ross's hair was iconically permed. I mean, are we going to cancel Bernadette Peters? Like, what are we doing? The thing is, is uh, like the stuff, like, and I totally get it with with um, Utica, but I just don't think people should be that like walking on eggshells. Like, it, like you know what your intent is. If your intent is to offend people, then yes, you should be worried. But girl, you're doing a character that that's what his hair looks like. Girl, get over it. Move on. Well, it was the same as like when Tina did Richard Simmons. He also had that really tight perm, that gingery, real like wiry kind of perm. And she opted not to go in that direction. So I felt like it lost a little bit of its authenticity of the well, and also its recognizability. Yeah, I I just love when uh I love when shit's crazy. I love when someone's failing so bad that you it, it, they've edited it almost like a Lee Dawson thing. That's when I love. Yeah, and I like when the drag is good, of course, but um, I get really bored with pretty shit. I like really weird shit. Yeah. So you're bored with me a lot, is what you're saying. <laughs> 
No, I said I like weird shit. Oh, oh okay. Wow. I mean, I was pretty, but it's fine. What's funny is like on Drag Race, I want, I just, for runways especially, I want narrative. If you're going to look great, there's still needs to be more to it than just like a nice, if the runway dress, if the theme is green and you wore a green dress, I'm like, okay, what else? I don't need you to wear like frog eyes or something, but like. But that is also where the pageant comes in to hurt people like us as well because we have been taught by by breaking down all the subcategories your hair has to be this length your earrings can't be longer than this your gown must be fitted it must be this so you think too far inside the box instead yeah. of just having fun with I, it i i like inside the box but it can't be, even if like it there's certain girls and i'm not going to name names there's certain girls that are, are pageant girls that everything is perfect on the runway that, you, that in the past seasons, but it's just too plain. It's too like old school. It's too, it's not exciting. It's not like it's perfect, but it's not exciting. And you could still be perfect and a pageant queen and still be exciting. You, you We want to see But that's exciting. also a new thing. That's a new development because when we were doing pageants, you, that was frowned on. Yeah. They wanted, all right, you're going to come out wearing a version of the dress that she wore the year before, and then she wore the year before that. Beat a dress to the floor. Yeah. If Don't you, touch your, your, your dress. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's very strict rules. And I think that on season seven, for me, at least, I had spent so many years trying to be pretty and perfect, like I was told I would never be, that I was scared to really just take chances on the runway. I mean, that makes sense. I just always think like, what's the, I like when it fits the category and there's a few extra layers. I'm like, this is really, I agree. This. Yeah. And um, I felt I, like somebody who was really great at that was Violet. Like people assume we have this major rivalry and I hated her. No girl, I sat there in awe with everybody else backstage every week going, you look stunning. Like, oh yeah. She let all of us, if you think about the caliber drag race is at now, uh huh. Violet was there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like now. she kind of helped turn it to what the runway has become. And yeah, it was exciting however, to see those things in person. I am the body police on the pit stop, though, because I am always just like, how come it's a runway of 14 girls and there is four breasts on this runway? Period. Yeah. There's yeah. no corsets, no pads. Nobody has any makeup on. Everyone's in a flat wig. I also think like the internet, internet drag going to TV, it's like, Mary, proportions. Yeah. You are six one and born male. Can we see some more? Like, bring out what's good about your shape. It's not. It's not body shaming. It's like you're on television. RuPaul is a corset on. He's six five, bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I just always think like body body shape is it matters to me on runways a lot. Yeah. Now, if you're a hundred pounds, you probably can get away with it because if you were a girl, you wouldn't have boobs if you were like a hundred pounds. Maybe. I mean, I my sister's a hundred pounds and she has huge boobs, but they're She's also all not boobs. They're not real, yeah. but um, to, me, to me, it's not really about like uh, policing a body as much as it's like, okay, well, if this is what you've got to start with, what can we optimize to give the whole fantasy? You know, I understand that, particularly when it comes to runways. Like, I, I have, I went into season seven with a very narrowed view of what I thought drag should be, mm -hmm. and then sitting back and watching it, and traveling around the world and seeing all these different types of drag, it was really fun to kind of see people who looked all sorts of different ways and shapes and all sorts of, like, it was incredible to see. So I love seeing the diversity on the runway. Yeah. I love when you can come out with no hip, no breasts, you know, no wig and really serve it. But I don't feel like every single look 
should be the same no matter what you do. Yeah, true. I feel like you, especially with what Drag Race has become and evolved to, I feel like you really need to take those chances and you really need to go out there and serve us something exciting every week. Yeah. Yeah. I just always want it to be, to make sense, I guess. And also whatever I think, who cares? I look like an idiot. Who cares what I think? Like yeah. if I don't like your drag or I don't like your runway, you also probably don't like mine and I don't care. That's like when people are like, we need to have stop having fans critiquing drag. I'm like, stop caring what fans think of your drag. Yeah. That is so much easier. You can't control what Beth from Iowa thinks of your gown on TV. Mm -hmm. You can control if you care. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, in I'm obviously DMing people to kill themselves is a next level, but like, why are you, why do you go on the internet looking for what fans think of you? Just like fuck them and like you are fierce and you know it. And if they don't like it, they don't have to watch you. Well, and what RuPaul says is very true. Like Ru always says what other people think about you is none of your business. And none of us got into drag because we wanted to do something everyone would love. Yeah. The country thinks we should be in mental institutions for doing this. Yeah. We'd be shot on site in some places and people would be like, well, she was dressed like that. Yeah. Well, and, and the, like, the whole thing that really attracted me to drag in the first place was because I looked up to the icons in our community who were making change, who were there leading the march and doing all of these things. They were always at the front of the line, taking risks and making people notice and pay attention to these horrible things that were happening in the world, and especially within our community. And they were the ones that were making a difference. So I got into it because of that. That's what really drew me to drag. Oh, girl, I, mine was not anything like noble like that. I got into drag because <laughs> I was a broke 18 year old. Somebody dared me to do it and said, you can make money. So I was like, hey, that is, girl, that is me too. People are like, whenever I, do, I get to do so many cool interviews and they, they always want their moment where they're like, why did you start doing drag? And they want you to be like, to change the narrative and start discussions. I'm like, drinks and attention. I started for drinks and attention. And honestly, that hasn't even changed. <laughs> well, when I first started doing drag, like before I really got into the whole drag culture, I literally started uh, dressing up to go to Attitudes, which was our one little gay bar in Leesburg. And you had to park in the ditch across the street and run across the highway. And people would sit out there in their trucks and throw like bricks and rocks and stuff at what? the sissies running into the bar. And girl, I, the only way that I could legally drink was to use my cousin's fiance's ID because I looked just cousin's enough like him. Cousin's fiance's ID. Okay. Yeah, I looked just enough like him as long as I had on a wig and some lashes. So I would dress up. You and, looked like him ginger. only with a wig and lashes. <laughs> like you could look at the picture and then look at me and drag and go, okay, maybe I can see kind of the same body shape and facial structure. Are you structure. telling me that the cross-dresser for Christ herself was lying to go drink at gay bars in a wig? Well, I was trying to imbibe in the blood of uh -huh. Christ. She, <laughs> and she, tried, she was trying to get the blood of Christ. She just wanted the blood of Christ. Exactly, especially <laughs> on 25 cent pitcher beer night. <laughs> I mean, it is, you're right though, Ginger. I mean, there's reason. There's reasons you start and then there's a reasons you keep doing it. Yeah. I started for the attention and the alcohol and the free cover to the club and the fact that more people would talk to me at the bar if I was in drag, obviously. And I love makeup and hair and all that. But the, you keep doing it obviously because of the, like Katya and I always talk about like, if I had, if I went back to doing this for, you know, tip spots again, I don't know if I would keep doing it at this phase of my life. I yeah. Know. Yeah. Oh no, I would never 
That's girl. I would change I, gears. I would maybe have two shows a month where I just go and make enough money to drink and like feel the fantasy. And but I wouldn't try to like drill it like that. Anymore. I don't think. I don't think so. I think this drag has turned into a like definitely a business for me yeah so once this business goes bankrupt girl i'm done i'm just she's hanging up the wig yes. uh, i'll become she's having a fire sale a, a that's why farmer. i just feel like we should all save our money and like whenever it dries up they might just not care about one of us tomorrow. bitch you are one to save our money bitch you are like a trazillionaire with your makeup <gasps> line and oh, your oh, tv wait, wait 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 makeup trixie cosmetics Yes, we just am, announced a new collection today. I am wearing right now. I'm wearing. Are you um, hot about you? No, I'm wearing side chick with just a pinch of girl on girl. Oh, thank well, you. Well, I'm I wearing. And I'm wearing it up here again, too, which I don't know what the name of it was. The pink one that you gave me. Oh, with your mom. Yeah, with your um your blush palette that you gave me that I don't remember the name of either. Are you, you guys on the PR list? You are right. No, no, I haven't gotten oh. anything in a while. Exposed, exposed. We'll I thought you hated me, mm. but it's but fine. Note of it. <laughs> so <laughs> we loved having you on our podcast. Wait, today. wait, wait! Before you go, I know everybody oh is going. Everybody <laughs> in the world is going to be mad if we don't address the elephant in the room. What? Eureka, Eureka come on in. No, <laughs> oh, I'm just texting you guys for addresses. Accountability. I'm getting the addresses for the PR list. Perfect. Um. So. Everybody's going to want us to talk about this BFF situation. BFF situation? Yes, because I referred to Katya as my BFF on All Stars 2. <laughs> and then she spent all of her time with Trixie because they are best friends. And they think that there's this triangle of hatred and, and like despair and deceit going on between the three oh of them. Oh my God. Girl, people believe it all. Girl. I know, I know. People, and they, believe, people believed Kim hated me because she said, like, go Shangela on All-Stars or something. Well, and then look at you, you've got a Chipotle palette now, the two of them. I, I, it's incredible. You can go on the Chipotle app and order the beauty bowl with me and Kim. It's um, super cute. I looked at it. Um, I but guess, I just, like, people think we hate each other all the time. And I hate that because you and I got very close on season seven and they didn't get to see that aspect of our relationship really but i love you like i absolutely adore you we've always had a I good time you. together i love you i love you both i have only positive memories of working with both of you ever i, I, don't really I don't know we'll work together again i we always really gonna... worked on the pater's roast and i was drunk through that because i couldn't get through it so <laughs> i don't really remember any of that there was there was okay you would be bombing so well let's just say what it is it wasn't well, trixie and i sat next to each other every night on haters yeah bad. let's just let's just say that there's reading is really like either you can do the splits or you can't okay look i wasn't as bad as um uh Derek Barry. Derek Barry, okay at least that yeah. <laughs> there were some bad ones in general, but the bad thing is on the first night of a 22 city tour, when they're bad, you're like, we're going to hear this bad set every night. Yeah. And as you've learned, I love a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed harder at your set every night than anybody else's. Cause I love a joke and you would just go up there. Like it was a death march walking up there. I she would walk up there and be like, well, these didn't work last night. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then one would slap me the whole time. Oh my God. One <laughs> night the jokes didn't work and you just went, you know what? I want the money back from Jackie B. <laughs> <laughs> I love working with both of you. I, I'm telling you, there's not a single drag queen I have a problem with. I don't even have the, I don't have the time or the energy. People need to get a life. Mm -hmm. Imagine believing that we hate each other. 
<laughs> I love, like, I do love when these theories kind of pop up on my social media. They just kind of creep through. Or, like, I finally sat down and watched that pit stop you and I did for Canada Drag Race. And it was lovely. And 99% of the comments were great. But a lot of them were like, oh, my God. Uh, Jump two BFFs in the same room. They're going to kill each other. Mary, we spent plenty of time in the same room. We oh, so you can have her. her. <laughs> like Katya and I are best friends because we're both antisocial. And unless we're being paid to be there, we don't even see each other. And I love you both. And we we all talk together. We talk separately. Like it doesn't matter. Well, I it's love not- the fact that y'all love each other. Um, we have been talking a long time. We didn't, we didn't even get to, through anything. That, you're going to have to have, come back uh, as a guest in the future. We I would love to. Any okay. of your like cosmetic stuff, your YouTube. So tell people like, because you have a, uh, you and Katya have a new podcast coming out or that's it's out. out and it's great. Um, it's it, out. So we have the Bald and the Beautiful every week. Trixie uh, Trixie and Katya podcast with it's Trixie and Katya's out. Guide to Modern Womanhood, the New York Times bestselling book. I do have to call you all out on that though. Oh, well, you said that I use Sharpie on my eyebrows. I never use Sharpie on my eyebrows, only my lips. <laughs> that was silky <laughs> nutmeg ganache that used them on her eyebrows. Wow. <laughs> I will never forget you in that Sharpie. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. What we put our bodies through. And by the way, as a drag queen, we put our bodies through so much. You see some girl putting on Sharpie as lip liner and you go, work. Like, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Um, we have Back to the Fuchsia coming out this weekend at Trixie Cosmetics, a lovely purple blush palette. Uh, God, uh, Blister in the Sun just came out, my single. And you can catch me on my YouTube channel every single week. We have new videos every week, Easy Bake Ovens, plus season six of Uh starting. Netflix queens who like to watch with me and Katya. And I think that's it. And you're going to run a marathon. And I'm going to run a marathon. So yeah, in six weeks, I'm supposed to run 26.2 miles. So pray for me. Wow, I good luck, play. bitch. Good luck. Well, thanks for being on our podcast. And um, I hope we get to, to love do a show both. together soon. We well, love you too, honey. Can we just do drag again? Hello. Yeah. I well, I mean, it's girls. been nice not not doing it from the tits down. <laughs> yeah. I miss the girls though. Like we just had somebody on the pit stop in person, and I was like, I haven't seen another crossdresser besides Katya in a long time. But you guys are in Florida, you'll be safe. No one has yeah, we're there. fine in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> We're wearing masks now. <laughs> Have a good day, you guys. I love you. I can't wait to see you. Uh, Bye, honey. Bye. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.